Good morning, Connect family. How we doing? Everybody say, what's up, PD? All right, you're all there. That's good. Can we give a warm welcome to all our online and cable viewers all over the place? We're so glad you're with us. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, I'm excited to uh, share with you some stuff. Uh, everybody good? Everybody, you know, cozy? <laughs> no flying elbows, no praising the Lord during the word, okay? You, gotta, you hurt somebody. You hurt somebody. Um, I was, some people downstairs, I was like, they were socializing and eating all the food. And I saw this one guy, and he had, he had this young kid with him, and I go, man, you got enough to eat? And he goes, he goes, obesity runs in my family. <laughs> and then his kid says, Dad, nobody runs in our family. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be saying that next service. But <laughs> that was awesome. Teed up that service. Perfect. <laughs> Before I get into um, today's uh, message, I got some announcements. I do, I do want to say, though, um, a couple of quick things. Uh, one is, um, it's interesting, everybody's on time today, and I have a friend, and he was telling me, um, he said that, uh, he's a second generation pastor like me, and he said, his daddy said, hey, son, you know, you got people having problems coming to church on time, this, this, is, what you need, this is what you need to say, this is what you need to understand. And um, some of you Brazilians are like, he's talking too fast right now. <laughs> Um, and so um, all the Brazilians in the house say, hey. <laughs> I never do that, but I just, I knew, I knew, I just knew that's what y'all were thinking. So, so anyway, this pastor friend of mine, he says that um, people don't come to church on time because, uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like if you had an appointment with a dignitary. If you had an appointment with an ambassador of a nation, if you had an appointment with the queen of a nation, if you had an appointment with, with the president, you would always be on time. The problem, son, is if people thought they were having an appointment with God, they'd show up on time. <laughs> Everybody's like, ouch. I guess that's what that means. So listen, I want, you to, I want you to change your mind. I want you to adjust your expectations when you come to church. It shouldn't just be on daylight savings time that you're on time. It should be because I'm going to meet with God, I'm on time. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be on time next week. Okay. Turn to your second choice and say, I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Okay. Okay. Okay, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing I got to tell you is, um, is I was at the gym this morning. Uh, I'm a psycho. I was there at 4.30 in the morning all by myself playing Hillsong. Praise the Lord. Yes, he is that crazy. And, um, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and that may seem weird to you and just went over somebody's head, but, uh, but he was talking to me, and he said, he said basically this. He said, son, tell him this. Every time you talk about money, someone comes to, I wrote it down right when he was saying it to me. Someone comes to church for the first time. Or better yet, they come back to church after a long time, and then they're coming in and they go, oh my gosh, he's talking about money. And this is what he told me to tell you. Maybe instead of getting upset, you should lean in because perhaps God's trying to get your attention. Praise the Lord. That was God said that. I didn't say that. I just, I just wrote down what he said, and I just told you that, so don't be mad at me. Okay. So I'm going to get into this series in just a second, but I also do need to tell you about, <laughs> this is so not like me either, oh my gosh, but um, 
we don't, we, don't, we don't pass a plate here at Connect, so if you're new to Connect, like we don't have an offering, um, everything. We run on manna from heaven. No, we have, we have people who come uh, with, their, with their tithe or with their offering. So we, we teach people to be, first of all, cheerful givers, not to give uh, reluctantly or under compulsion, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, but in essence to be a predetermined giver. So people are saying in obedience to God and his word and what he says or in response and, and or in response to vision, people give here, okay? So everything you see that's happening here is without passing a plate. However, however, everybody say however. Uh, sometimes we take an offering, but it's very intentional. It's because it's going to something specific. And uh, I would say over the course of a year, uh, we might take two offerings a year. Would that be my staff? Where's my staff? Probably something like that. I can't find my staff. They just leave when all these people show up. Um, so, so something like that, okay? So I just want you to know that. So I'm going to talk about a couple offerings because it rarely happens, but when it happens, it, there's a reason. So we have this turkey outreach is coming up. Uh, we've been doing this thing for 10 years. We've been sowing into the community. Uh, the genesis of this whole thing was uh, me and my youth pastor in this back office here years ago. And we were like, man, the church is messing up. And there was all kinds of stupid stuff the church of Jesus Christ was doing. And we just sat there like, how can we touch our community? And we basically looked at each other and said, the church has been just a bunch of turkeys. And then, and then we paused and we go, let's give them one. And so that's how the turkey outreach started. And so we started, it's true. And so we're like, no strings, no feathers. It's nothing attached. We're just going to give turkeys away. And we've been doing that for 10 years. Last year we gave away 800 turkeys right in this parking lot. Come on, somebody. It's so awesome. So you should come to that because it's totally fun. It's literally like a party with the community. And it's awesome. We're, we're adding a whole other piece to that. So bring your clothes and all those things. But I'm also asking you to consider contributing to that. So just pray about it. Next week, we're taking an offering for our turkey outreach, and we just like to pay for all those turkeys. That would be good. And be able to give away more than ever before. So great opportunity. Second, everybody say second. Uh, we're launching a campus. Uh, so, so what does that mean? We're, we're, we're doing another one of these someplace else, okay? And so we believe God has opened doors for us to launch a new location in, in the Framingham area. And if the creek don't rise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where that location is. I know where it is. And so I'm just waiting for them to line up with what I already know. And then I'm going to tell you where that location is really soon. But um, we're going to uh, raise some funds for that. We have really, guys, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Most people, say I'm most people would say you are crazy to tell the people this. Okay, so are you ready? We already have all the money. So, so we, we can just pay for it, okay? It's true. So, again, people think you're crazy for saying that, but I just think, I disagree. I think they're wrong, and I'll tell you why in the message in a little bit. But I think you will be blessed if you contribute to it, and we can do more if you contribute to it. So, we have a budget, and we can stay inside that budget, and we can launch a, a, a campus, or we can just, like, blow the doors off the place and reach tons of people, and you guys could be a part of that. So we're taking an offering in the 1st of December. We're going to take another one after the 1st of the year, and I'll announce that later on. I want you to know in advance so that you can come with your offering, not respond to a plate that's going by and guilt, give, or tip God. Come on, somebody. Okay? So I told you, everybody informed? Praise the Lord. That was pretty cool how he did that. That's really different. I never heard it like that. It's awesome. You should keep coming. It's a good church. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about the treasure principle, everybody. 
Uh, I, I, have, I have a Janet Jackson song that just went in my mind right there when I said that. Anyway, you guys, some of you know what I'm talking about, but you, you won't really want to go there. Okay, so the treasure, <laughs> treasure principle, oh, oh, the principle of treasure. It just can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. <laughs> some of you have no idea. All right, but some of you are loving this right now. Okay, everybody get your Bibles out because <laughs> we need help from the Word of God. I know I do. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 is where we're going to go in just a second. I want to give you a motivation, okay? I believe God, when he, talk, when, when, and he talks about money a lot in the Bible, over, over 2,000 plus scriptures about the pro- promises related to provision and resources, and giving, and things like that in the Bible. And what I think is cool about what God does is he doesn't just say, just do it because I said so. He provides motivations. I don't know about you, but I, I need that sometimes. And he, he kind of like, you know, if you're a basketball player, you, 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 why do you play it? For the love of the game. Why, do we, why would we want to take our earthly treasures and do something outside of ourselves Uh, God gives us motivation for that. So some of the greatest philanthropic efforts in humanity, some of the most uh, selfless acts, some of the most um, outstanding, extravagant, giving uh, acts of compassion that have been done have been motivated by the principle that we'll talk about in this series. And once you understand and fully grasp it, I would say, better yet, not understand, but have a revelation about it. It's kind of like a you know that you know that you know kind of thing. Uh, once you have that, it, will, it, it, it affects all your perceptions of this world. It affects what you do in this world. It even helps you overcome some of the temporal, temporary problems that you have in this world. Is everybody tracking with me? So I want to give you kind of the layman translation of this principle. This is not in your notes. You can write this down, though. It's kind of... It's kind of key to everything. There's more to this life than this life. There's more to this life than this life. And when you understand treasures in heaven, uh, it will affect everything you do in this life. And the reality is we have a little bit of time and a a certain amount of opportunity. Time uh, is a precious commodity. And according to scripture, it's we all have a limited amount of time. We, we, life is like a boom. It's like a it's a it's a mist. It's a vapor. You know, it can it can it can just be gone very very quickly. And yet, whatever we do with this time and how we, however we maximize it with our not just our talent, not just our time, but our treasure, uh, will accrue to our account in heaven. And I'm going to unpack that for you in a little bit. Some of you. If depending on your background, if you come from like a Catholic background, that's like, what did he just say? So what you do here, can af- you can't take what you have here with you to heaven, but you can send it on ahead. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about. So we can do some things now that are building, in essence, not your IRA, but your ERA. Not your individual retirement account, but your eternal retirement account according, not to Derek Fry, but to God's word. And hopefully, that'll matter to you. Hopefully, God will do something in your life so you can see that for yourself. And I actually believe my job is to actually communicate this to you. And it actually uses stronger language than that, which we'll see in a little bit, okay? So why do we, 
Why would we want to do that? Why would we want to take something we have here and now and try to send it on ahead in a sense? Why would we invest in something that I cannot see and hold all the time? Why would I not do it for me? Why would I do it for others? The, the fundamental oversimplified answer is because of heaven. Everybody say heaven. Heaven. And I'll try to make a, a quick illustration for this so you can kind of connect. I've, I've been doing ministry for 25 years now. Some of you are thinking, there's no way. He's way too young and good looking for that. <laughs> and you'd be right. No. But I, I've been doing this for, for a while. But one of the, there's awesome parts about it. But some of the tough parts about it is you, you, you kind of walk alongside people in their dark days. Some tough moments, some difficult situations. And, and I've seen... Um, because of that position or responsibility, uh, more of that than most people. And, and as an example, um, just this last year, you know, I buried several of my friends. Uh, just recently, I was, I was, I was in, in, in really early in the morning. I kind of locked myself in the bathroom because I didn't want to wake my, my wife up. And, um, and, uh, and I was grieving because, I, uh, because of a friend that I that lost, kind of like a spiritual son to me. And um, he, his birthday had just, had, would, he would have just celebrated his birthday. And I was just thinking, you know, how, how sad that was. And then, and then, you know, not too long ago, uh, we had that ceremony here, that memorial service here. And then I had another friend who, who um, was my dentist for over 30 years. But more than that, he was, a, he was kind of a spiritual mentor. And he and his family just super instrumental and in, 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 in talk about generous, probably the most generous man I've ever met in my entire life. And he passed. And, and then just really just a few weeks ago, um, kind of like a father figure in the, in the church here, Bob Schleiss, he just, he just passed away. Like suddenly, like he was sitting right here in the front row uh, just four weeks ago, three weeks ago. And that afternoon he was gone, just like that, poof, just gone. You know, and, and we've all been through that. This isn't just about me and my story. This is just so you can connect. But, and, and so you, you, you can... Be prepared, but you're never prepared for that, right? And, and, and yet in all of those situations, um, you know, I went into, because they were Christ followers and because they had something that maybe you don't have, maybe you're listening online and you don't have this, I don't know, but they had this. And a lot of the people that were in their life had this too. Uh, there was something different about every one of those experiences. In other words, I came to the funerals, the memorial services, and what was amazing was people were, were crying and laughing in the, same, in the same room at the same time. In fact, for the most part, though there was sadness, there was mostly joy. There was mostly like, it was just like extraordinary. And it's because they had what the Bible refers to as the blessed hope. You know, they had... They had the hope of heaven. Everybody say heaven. They had the hope of heaven. When you have the hope of heaven, you can overcome anything. You literally see the world completely differently. And on your darkest day, you can still see the light. On your darkest moment, in your most difficult loss, you can somehow still celebrate. In other words, you see that person simply invested in another place. You didn't see them gone, buried beneath the ground, never to see them again. You knew there was just a temporary separation, but we would have all eternity together because of the blessed hope of heaven. Is everybody tracking with me? In other words, heaven changed the perspective on everything. And when you have the hope of heaven, it should change everything for you. And, 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 and people that go to these situations and, and these funerals, for example, I see their faces. I have the privilege of 
Sometimes being here and looking at the people there. And I can tell you something from my experience. I can look in a funeral at a person's face and see if they have the hope of heaven or not. At a funeral. It's vivid. It is vivid. God wants us to have this this assurance and this confidence. What do you say? Why is he talking about this and he's talking about money? It has everything to do with it. Heaven has everything to do with it. When you have a revelation about heaven, it affects everything you do on earth. That's the point. And so God, he, he set eternity in the heart of man. He put it there. Ecclesiastes tells us this. And so there's this void that can only be filled by heaven. But when you have that revelation about heaven, you have that hope. When you really get it, it should affect everything you see and everything you do in the here and now. So I believe God wants to, us to take everything we have here and focus it on eternity and on heaven. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at what it says. Bink. It says, command those who are rich. Everybody say rich. Okay, notice it doesn't say command those who are poor. He doesn't have to talk to them because, because they already know. They don't want to even be here on earth. They're not preoccupied with earth. He's, talk, he, he's not just talking to the rich. He's commanding the rich. Paul's telling me, listen, to tell you, as Mark would say, to tell y'all, command them, the rich. Why? Because the poor, they're, they're not, they can't wait to get out of here. And not only that, but the poor statistically, they don't hold on to their treasure. They give it. Actually, by percentage and proportion, the most giving people on the planet are people who have less. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So, so Paul's like, no, 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 I'm not, talking, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the rich, to the people who are looking at this present world. See, we have a preoccupation. God is interested not in your occupation. He's interested in your preoccupation. And the rich are preoccupied with this present world. All the things that are happening inside this present world. And he says, listen, not to be arrogant, think you're all that in a bag of chips, my interpretation, nor to put their hope in wealth. That's what people do. They store up wealth, 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 wealth. Funny, they lose their health at the end of that. They all get spent. Even if they don't, we're all, again, we're all going to leave whatever we had behind. Which, that is so uncertain, Paul's saying, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Parenthetically, I'm not going to be here and say, take a vow of poverty. The Catholic community, our brothers and sisters in the Catholic community, tr- misinterpret what the, what the Bible teaches about poverty. Divine poverty is about dependence on God, not about being poor financially, just so, you, just so you know. So God's okay with you having things. He simply just doesn't want them to have you or to take over your life or to be the top priority in your life. If he's not number one, you have a problem with God. Is that, is that, is that coming through clear? Okay, so you can have those things. But then he goes back. He says, command the rich to do good. To be rich in good deeds? Hey, you should be there at the Turkey Outreach serving. You should be on teams serving through your local church. And to be generous, look at this, and willing, not reluctant. Oh, another offering. We've only had two in the last month. No, you should be excited about that. Like it's an opportunity to give. God's looking for cheerful people. In this way, they do what? Here's where it is. You're not holding it. You're sending it. They lay up treasure for themselves. Where? By the way, everybody, in heaven, in in eternal accounts, as a firm foundation for the coming age, or you could say, really, the real age, 
This is the real age so that they may take hold of, you want life, like you want to really know what life's all about? You want to live with an eternal perspective. You want to live with an eternal lifestyle, but what you do in the present age, it affects the coming age as we go forward. Amen? So there's, there's a life that's beyond this life, and if you're smart, you'll want to invest more into that life. Listen, I'm not trying to get you to give. I'm trying to get you to want to, want to give. That's what God's trying to do. He's trying to affect your motivation. I was just talking to a guy in the last service. He's just like, I can remember you talked about this about a year ago, and you did this series, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I just tell you straight up. His name's Eddie. Eddie's just an awesome guy. He goes, God, God hold my heart. Ha! He goes, I don't even think about it. My wife, she'll turn to me and say, hey, are we going to give to that? And he'll say, yeah. How much do you want to give? I don't know. You decide. Like, he says, I don't even flinch. I don't even flinch. Because God got his heart. God got his motivation, his love. He says, I just love the church. I just love what it's doing. I just love all these opportunities. It's just like, and he goes, you know what? And on the, he goes, at the end of the month, he goes, it, it always works out. Just always works out. And it'll work out better if your motivation's right, by the way. Because God's, he's just interested in your heart. He's not interested in amounts. He's not, he, he's not moved by amounts. He's moved by your heart. He's moved by your heart. So again, I think we need to get focused on not this present age, but the coming age. Everything in our life is always teaching us and conditioning us to be so, you know, tight and hold on to these things and, and preoccupied with earthly things. I was talking to a teenager recently. The teenager's just like, hey, PD, PD, you know, uh, you know, I was trying to get him to think about eternity in heaven and this is all going to work out. And he's like, yeah, 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 but uh, is there marriage in heaven? How many know where this young fellow was going? He's like, yeah, I'm not, in other words, we, I won't unpack this too graphically, but he's basically saying, I'm not as excited about heaven until, you know what I mean? Some of you still don't get it. Until he has sex, okay, everybody? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Okay. People are, people are preoccupied, not sometimes with just the benefits and rewards, but the drama. And the politics and, and the economics and, and, and all the, the issues and all that kind of stuff. Listen, we're, we're, not, we're, we're, we're not supposed to be, pre we need to be preoccupied with eternity. We need to direct our life towards eternity. Why? Because, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Because heaven, not earth, is our home. Heaven, not earth, is our home. We're... Bible says we're foreigners. When you, when you accept Christ, basically, you become a sojourner. It's a, you're a traveler. You're just passing through here. You're a mature response to this life as a Christ follower is, this isn't my home. This is not my eternal destination. I'm passing through. I'm on a journey through here. This is nothing but a test. Life is nothing but a test. And so it may be tough. It's a tough test. But, and Jesus promised that it would be a tough test. But listen, it's all going to work out in the end. You have like, you know the end. You know what's going to happen. In fact, Jesus, when he was trying to disciple his disciples, this isn't in your, in your, in your notes, but in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, the disciples were discouraged. He says, you guys are discouraged. Hey, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be discouraged. And then I thought when I read that, he'd say, come over here. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to get a miracle. It's all going to work out. No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't answer their discouragement or their issue with a temporal solution. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. 
And I go there to prepare a place for you so that when, when I go there, you can come there and you can be with me. He basically takes our, our current earthly problem and he points it to an eternal future solution. Every earthly problem that you have, Heaven affects everything. It affects everything in life. Every earthly problem you have is affected by an eternal future solution. Is everybody tracking with me? God's trying to get us to see that in our lives. All the problems we're facing, the real solutions are not here. They're there. Yes, sometimes God's going to answer our prayers. Intermittently, we're going to see tremendous moves of God. I believe there's going to be grace and favor on our lives at different times in our lives. But in an ultimate sense... God's trying to say it's not about what happens here. It's about what's going to be there in Jesus' name. Some of you guys don't like this point as much as I do, but I, here's why. Because, you know, the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, I'll show you this in just a second, he writes this, this to us while he's in prison. And what's interesting is he's, I think people who are in trial, in difficulty, some type of obstacle or prison, I think they see better because they're not blinded by the bling. See, the reason a lot of times we don't have the perspective or the aha moment or the revelation or you just want to do cartwheels about the truth that God is sometimes giving us is because we're blinded by the bling. We're so like, everything's so good. We are fat cats here in New England, everybody. We got it pretty good. And so Paul says, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction because their God is their stomach. In other words, there's this spirit. One of the things that keeps us from living for true riches and eternal perspectives is this spirit of entitlement. I want, I need, it's mine. Uh, The spirit of self-indulgence. Feed me, feed me, feed me. When I get out of here, where am I going to go to eat? How much money am I going to spend? How many times am I going to swipe my MasterCard like a black belt in karate? You know, like we're Zorro or something, right? We just like, ah, self We just, we don't stop. Nothing stops us. We're going to do what we want, when we want, how we want it, and we're going to have it. No. Me, me, me. Right? So that's, that's what Paul's warning us. And so we're blinded sometimes. And it says, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But Paul says, hey, 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 our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See how people, they're so preoccupied sometimes with what they can have. Sometimes with things not working out the way they want it to down here. I had these millennials, they were coming up to me and they wanted to, engaged me in like political banter. This was a while ago and, and, and all the drama that was, was going on, you know, in, in politics and they're of course watching everything and, you know, especially when the whole Trump and, and, and Hillary thing was going on, like trying to get my opinion and, and, and I'm really cautious about that because, you know, um, I, I, I've never seen anybody uh, win their enemies to Christ and I don't need any more enemies. Come on, somebody. And so... <laughs> So, so, but they're like, they're like poking on me. They're like, pastor, 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 listen, we millennials, we want you to give it to us straight. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, okay, if you want me to give it to you straight, I'm going to give it to you straight. And so anyway, we started going. I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell you a joke. I heard this guy, he said that, uh, you know, uh, Hillary and, and, uh, and uh, Trump are like two parents fighting over the kids. And, and the kids just decided to, to leave and go live with grandma. <laughs> 
That's kind of what happened during that time. They're like, okay, you're not answering our question, but that was funny. I, I don't care what you say, Pastor. Uh, but, but we're so preoccupied with these earthly things. Our minds are on all these things. We're, we're blinded by the bling. And that's because a lot of times we're living for the dot. We're not living for the line. See, one of the things you're going to see, and, and there's, a, there's a resource, and we always resource people during a financial series because we want to help you be free. One of my core values and one of the things that God did in my life so that I could even be free to talk about this without any concern or with, and, and with conviction is I can remember uh, when I would be petrified to talk about a subject like this with the church. But actually, I get excited about it because... God set me free. And this is how I feel when I'm talking to people about money. I actually feel like, you know, I've, it's like almost having a cure for cancer. And just some people just won't believe me. What am I going to do about that? But, but, I, but I really, I really from my heart want, I don't want you to do something because I need something. I'm not, we're not under pressure. I want you to be free in your finances. And this is what I think happens, though. When you're free, you freely give. Because it's just an expression of people who are free. It's a demonstration. It's, an, it's just an outward working of an inward change and transformation. So what we try to do is we give people resources and support to be able to get free. So uh, in just a, a couple of weeks, we're going to offer a special small group that we'll, we'll announce next week, give you more detail about that. So if some of you need to talk about this more, i got more questions, and Pastor D didn't talk about this, and he's talking about that, we'll have a small group for that. Uh, we're going to give away this book on November 19th. I'm going to give this book away to anybody who wants one, just give them away. They're free. Why am I giving them away free? Because all the tithers paid for them. Why would I charge you for that? I'm not going to charge you for something people paid for. We just stewarded the money well so we could buy them, but you gave us the money, and then we're just going to give it back to you and resource it to you. Amen? So we'll just give away the books, okay? So as many as we need. Say, how many? As many as we need. What if it's a 1,000? Okay. Hopefully everybody read them because <laughs> it'll change your life. All right? And then we're also going to do is we're going to have like a financial forum. So we're going to have an event, smaller scale, because uh, I just say many of you won't go because either you're free and excited or because you're just stubborn. You're stubborn. But if you want to get extra help, we're going to have a seminar, kind of like a forum. We're going to help you work out the nuts and bolts of your finances so you can be free in your finances. Because a lot of people, I don't believe they're chintzy or penny-pinching, the big word, parsimonious. They're, it's not that they don't want to give. It's they can't. They're in bondage. They're, they're, they're trapped. And so we want to help you get free. And so we have people that literally were in bondage or were in major debt that got free that teach those classes now and do those seminars and lead those small groups. So they have story and skill to be able to help you. So if you're in that situation, the answer is not work harder. The answer is, not, is get smarter around, by being around other people who've been through it and done that, bought the T-shirt, sold it to defer the cost. Come on, somebody. <laughs> okay? So we're going to have books. We're going to have a small group. We're going to have a seminar for you. But we need to live not for the dot, but for the line. So here's a kind of a visual for you that I got from this book called The Treasure Principle. Most of us are living for this. See, you, we don't sometimes realize we are eternal beings in Christ having a human experience. In other words, we're going to be living forever. And so most of the time, we're focused on this small, finite destination where God has called us to live with a perspective and live for the line. 
Most of your life, you're trying to hold on to something. You can't take it with you. You can't hold on to that. There's great illustrations in this book about this where, you know, it talks about Confederate money and, and then there was the Civil War and all these people had this Confederate money. What would be a wise thing to do when there was, when the war was lost is to have all that Confederate money stored away somewhere? No, it's worthless now. You had to, you had to cash it in in order to be able to be prosperous. And so we know Christ's return is imminent. We also know that, that our life will end at some point. We don't know where, but we know it's a fact. It will end, and we know it's a fact that Jesus will return. So all that we have invested in this life, it's going to be gone if we don't invest it in something else that has an eternal return. Does that make sense out there, everybody? That's just, it's just a wise kind of inside trader tip that God's trying to provide for us. And the Bible uh, praises people who lived with this mentality. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's this group of people called the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Famers of faith. And there's great people listed in there. And, and, and what's interesting, and I didn't always see this, but the first half are people who lived in faith and they saw come to fruition in the temporal, this life, the things they prayed for. But the second half, that group of people didn't see that. In other words, they prayed and prayed and they believed God and it didn't happen. And it says at the end, they all were commended for their faith. How did they do it? How did they stay and hold fast? How did they believe God no matter what? How did they not bend their knee when it didn't happen? How did they focus on something like that? Look at what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 11. This is taken from the message translation. People who live this way make it plain that they're looking for their what? Heaven. That's how they did it. The hall of famers of faith, the people we all look up to in the Bible, this was their perspective. This isn't my home, this present age. I'm not preoccupied with this. This is my true home. I, you can all have nice houses. You can have a second house for all I care. You can have a third house. I don't know if you should have a third house. But anyway, uh, the point is, that's not your true home. So don't put so much into that that you don't have anything going ahead. And then he goes on to say, they were after a what? Far better. Say it again. Far better. Why? Here's the problem. Here's, here's what happens, and I've been trying to say this different ways. The reason that we don't get this treasure principle in us, this is, this is why, is because we actually think earth is better than heaven. Some of y'all right now, in your heart of hearts, you're not convinced that heaven is better than earth, and that's why you're not living in accordance with what God says. That's why, you're not, that's why you're, not, you're not living with the line in mind. You're living with the dot in mind because you're not committed. You know, it's, it's a bad teaching out there on heaven. You should go to Pastor Mark's small group on heaven. He's running it right now. A lady in the last service said she's going to go to that, and she just lost her husband six months ago. She says, I'll, I promise I'll be able to make it real for them. <laughs> she said, I couldn't believe it because I haven't been to church in six months, and the Sunday I come, you talk about this. It was just for me. It was just for me. So, so what happens is we get bad teaching about heaven. We think heaven is, we're going to become like, what, little babies with diapers and little baby wings, and we're flapping up, playing a harp in the clouds. That's not heaven, everybody. That's hell. <laughs> That's hell. <laughs> Heaven's awesome, all right? 
there's going to be a day, and this is the short version, but there's going to be a day where Jesus comes out of the eastern sky, and he's going to come, and he's going to take us with, and we call it the rapture. And I pray, whatever your the- theological position is, I believe, God, I'm going up on the first elevator, everybody. And then we're going to go up there, and we're going to be with Jesus for a while, and he's going to do some stuff down here. And then we're all going to come back to a new earth, and he's going to restore that which was lost in Eden. He's going to bring it back, and we're going to have sunny days and blue skies and no sickness. And come on, everybody. Heaven, calorie-free food. Heaven, everybody. Entenmann's Danish every morning. And it puts muscle on my body because God turns it into, turns it into muscle because that's what heaven's like. You guys need to get a revelation about heaven, everybody. Come on. Okay? Here's another reason why we should do what God says because, because there's limited time and there's incredible opportunity. This is a, this is a powerful point. And this, this really changed my life. Are you guys getting something out of this, everybody? See, there's a limited time. I think we all know that. We don't live like that. We live like we're going to live forever. We, we, some of us are coasting. We're on cruise control. You think everything is good, sir, man, boy, or girl? You're hydroplaning on temporary momentum. God wants you to be intentional with your life, not just live on cruise control. Man, that was, that was tweetable right there. That was some good stuff right there. What did I just say? That was... <laughs> See, you're, you're just, it's just, we're not living like there's limited time. But there's limited time, and listen to this. But there's, not for everybody, but there's incredible opportunity. Not for everybody, but for, for, for Americans, there's incredible opportunity. Why? Because America, we have the highest income ratios in the world. In spite of all the economic upheaval and craziness and things that are going on, uh, per capita, per household, per individual, per family, we are the highest Okay? We have more disposable income than anybody. In America, we are rich. Y'all, I am, we all rich. Say, no, I'm not. Compared to everybody else, you are. Let me just tell you something. If you got a job, you're rich. If you got a car, you're rich. Some of y'all got two cars, you got a third car, you got a toy on the side, you got a boat. You rich. You rich, okay? And the rest of the world, we're not even close. We're not even close. But we all have limited time. And so here's the thing we need to see that's unique to us is I wake up with the reality more and more as I approach very closely 50. I'm going to be 50 years old. And, and, and I've been 25 years in ministry. I, I, might, I might be on the second half of my ministry life. Very likely the second half of my life, statistically speaking, although I'm, I believe in the Caleb spirit and my eye will not dim, my body will not break in Jesus' name. But, but all I'm saying is, the first half, it was build, 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 build. Actually, the first leg of the first half, it was kind of like, whatever, you know. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. But then I started kicking into gear and realizing God had a purpose and a plan for my life. Build, build, build. Now I'm, now I'm focused on finish strong. You can, you can lose everything if you don't pay attention, son. You, you need to keep on keeping on and finish strong. But, but something clicked when I realized I could be on that other side. I don't know where you are on the timeline, regardless of what the situation is, but something needs to click inside of you that time is limited, and you need to make the most of time. And as it relates to you as an individual, that's true. As it relates to the church, I think we are in a unique time in history where there is a grace and favor on the church of Jesus Christ. God is, I've never seen him do more than he's done in the local church in New England in my entire life in such a short period of time. 
No, God's tearing down walls between churches. Churches would be like, you know, very territorial, and that's my people, and those are your people, and this is your people. Now I see the church coming together. I have more relationships with pastors than any other time in my entire career. I've never seen the church of Jesus Christ come together like it is right now. Because God's getting ready to do something great, and he wants to do it through the church, not just one single church here in the area. Amen? So I, I want to make a difference. And I know that requires sometimes that we, be, we get outside ourselves, and sometimes it requires that we be generous. And I'm going to tell you something that nobody likes to say, but, and, and, and some people would advise me not to say that, but you're an incredibly generous church. There's, there's some, I mean, I can't think about it very long because I'll start putting faces to things, but there's some incredibly faithful, faithful people you don't know, people you don't see, people that don't get stage time. They're just behind the scenes that give, 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 give. Make everything that happens here happens. And, and, and proportionately, uh, you know, we're, we're a very giving and generous church. And people say, don't say that because then they won't give. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I don't think people give because I, I communicate need or pressure. I think people give because you just teach what the Bible says and let them work it out with God and you give them vision. People are drawn to vision. They want to see and hear. What are you doing with that? What's happening with that? What, how, are you, how are you taking that money and multiplying? I, I, I consider myself kind of a financial broker with God's treasure. That sounds crazy, but basically I feel like my job is when you give it, we have to steward it well, fiercely protect it, live on a budget, live within our means, and then take a portion of that income and, and, and strategically sow it. Not just scatter it and throw it in random places, but go deep and long with people to make the biggest difference possible. We've been doing that through local churches. We've been doing that through mission organizations, locally, domestically, and internationally. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to show you the different things that we've done as a church. And the reason I have to do it over the next few weeks is we've done so much, we can't do it in one service. And for many, many years, we would take a whole service, and those of you who've been here past the, you know, the last six months, you'd know, we take a whole service and say, here's what you did last year in your giving. How many know we used to do that? Raise your hand if you know that. So we do a mission Sunday, show everybody what we did and videos and stuff. I can't even do that in one service. We're not, I'm not even sure I can do it in four services because you've been so faithful. Now listen, we don't have needs. I don't worry about the bills being paid. I don't worry about my staff being paid. I don't worry about kids' church having what they need. But don't misinterpret. We have more vision, more vision than need. We can, always, we can just simply do more if you give more. That's it. And we will do more in Jesus' name. And you'll be blessed. And it will lay up treasures for you, not on earth, but in heaven in the process. Amen? Wow, I'm so fired up. So, so. <laughs> so I, I believe God's going to do great things. We're going to start a ministry school in Jesus' name. I believe that. That's going to take money to do that. We want to invest in, in leaders. I, wanna, I really want to specialize in the next generation in particular. I believe God's called me to do that and pour into the next generation. I think the next generation listens more to grandfathers or fathers than they do their own fathers and grandfathers. There's just some kind of thing that's going on there, and I think God wants to use them. We're seeing a move of God amongst them, and I believe we're going to do more in, in international missions. Uh, we have our 
own mission um, in the Dominican Republic. We launched a child development center uh, a little less than a year ago. It is booming. It is, f- it is fully sponsored, and we're at getting ready to expand it. We actually think we can multiply to multiple CDCs in the Dominican. God's lined up some stuff. I, I can't wait to tell you about it. It's been amazing that's happening there. You already know that we're doing great things in Pakistan. In fact, they're probably listening right now, and we love you. And right now, Pastor John is in a crusade. They had 40,000 people at a crusade last night, 40,000, okay, and so he wants, we started a church in Pakistan under our name and under our banner, in case you're wondering, and we just did that with, honestly, very small amounts of money. We sent 2,000 Bibles, I think $11,000 to make that happen. That's awesome, and I'm, I'm not diminishing that, but I'm just saying, look at how we have little time, but we have an incredible opportunity to make an amazing difference for God. These are just some of the things that we could do. And Ephesians tells us that. And I just think, I think it's, I don't just think it's, it's a good thing to do. I think it's smart. I think it's smart. In fact, I'm going to skip ahead here. Look at this. Ephesians 5 just says, redeem the time, make the most of the opportunity. We're in opportunistic days, not just evil days. But it's smart to do that. And Matthew chapter 6, this is what it tells us. Matthew chapter 6, obey me, screen. It says, do not store up treasures here. So now, now the Bible's going to give you an inside trader tip. It's not it's not that you shouldn't save. The Bible talks about saving. The Bible talks about laying up wealth for your children's children. Absolutely. But when you look at it within the context, in the full counsel of Scripture, the priority is always treasures in heaven first. Is everybody tracking with me out there? I'm not saying don't save. I'm not saying don't make sure that you have money for your children and your children's children. I'm just saying the priority is always what about treasures in heaven, okay? Because the treasures here, they're all going to rust. They're all going to destroy. Thieves can take them. But treasures in heaven is what is encouraged because nothing can get in the way of that. Nothing can be stolen in that. And then here's what happens. Something happens to you because wherever your treasure is going to be, that's where your heart's going to be. See, your, 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 your heart follows your treasure, not your treasure follows your heart. Some of you want to be closer to God. This is, this is why Jesus talks so much about money. I hope you can lean in and listen to me here. The reason Jesus talks so much more about money than salvation, because money is a salvation issue. You can't, you know, people used to get baptized years ago. The Roman soldiers used to get baptized years ago, and they would go underwater and surrender their life to Jesus, but they hold their sword out. They'd hold their sword out because they're basically saying, I'm not, I'm not surrendering this part of me. I'm still going to be wiping people out and taking lives. I think Christians get saved, and then they get water baptized, and if they could, they hold their wallet out because they're not going to surrender that part of their life. It's true, isn't it? See, many of you, you just won't let it go, but you're not seeing what God wants you to see. You're not seeing. You want to be closer to God? Surrender your treasure. And you know what? If, if you think it's because I'm trying to get something from you, go do it someplace else. I'd be blessed if you did it someplace else. And you know what? So would they, but so would you. That's not what I'm trying to say. Do it somewhere so that you can be close to God and you can store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy. Can I have an amen from somebody in the house out there? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you some people we invested in. I'm way over time as usual. Um, <laughs> holy cow. Um, you guys want to see some testimonies real fast? Is anybody here for that? Okay, I mean, we got so many people in here. It's not like you can get out fast anyway. Y'all kill each other on the way out. <laughs> We'll start like a slow exit while the videos are going. Uh, <laughs> so so we, we're going to show you some things over the next few weeks, okay? We've got 
we've got some churches that one of, my, one, one of I believe, calling on Connect Me is, is to kind of be a pastor's pastor. I think one of the most strategic things, th- this is just an example, what I'm going to show you, of how strategic we try to be with the resources that you entrust us to steward for kingdom purposes. I think we give to all kinds of individual needs, but if you could make the most out of something, you'd pour into a leader who's pouring into people. And the Bible says if you, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. In other words, if you can take a pastor out, you can destroy a church. But if you could shore a pastor up, the sheep will gather. And so we believe in just assisting local churches. So we have sent people to local churches. We've sent money to local churches. We've pastored local churches. And so some of these I'm going to show you are people that you've made it possible to invest in. Go ahead and show a door, and I'll tell you how many to do and how long to go. Cool. Hey, what is up, Connect Community Church? My name is James Cruz, and I'm the senior pastor of Adore Church that meets in Arlington, Massachusetts. And we just wanted to send a huge shout out and thank you for all that you have done to make our church a reality. We launched, in fact, one year ago this week. And with your financial support and your prayers and the amazing Fry family mentoring us and being there for us, we have been in existence for a year now. We have seen over 150 people commit their heart to Christ. And you have played an incredible part in that. You might not have ever seen them physically. You might not know their names. But in heaven, when you get to see them, they will give you a giant hug and say thank you because of your generosity and your prayers. They are now in the kingdom of God. So we just wanted to say thank you so much to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Pastor Derek Fry and his family, just warriors for Jesus Christ. So proud to know them. So proud to be connected with your church. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys. Thank you. Can you roll, uh, yeah, don't hold your clap. I'm going to go through them quick. Can you roll Circle Church and then Refuge for me, okay? Right back, back to back, back to back. Thanks, guys. Hello, this is Sean and Samira Thompson from Circle Church in Watertown, and we just wanted to say thank you so much, Connect Community Church and Pastor Derek and Stacy, for all that you've done for us over the past year that we've been a a church words can't express what you mean to us and what you've done for us and even pastor derek how you've been there for me personally on this journey a lot of you may not know as a church but your pastor is is so involved with other ministers in the area other pastors other church planners he's he's kind of like a a big brother or or a father to, to all of us around here and and as soon as I need something, I need encouragement, I can look at my phone and usually there's a, there's a text from Pastor Derek there. And I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Derek, and thank you, Connect Community Church, for, for all that you've done for us, uh, all that you've, 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 you've given us and, and that you've been there for us and that I know that you're praying for us and we couldn't do this journey without you. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think one of the hardest parts about um, parachuting into Boston to plant Circle Church was... Um, being far away from the community that we had of, of people who were like mentors to us. And so I think that it means so much to us. It, it shows God's provision um, for our life, having people like Pastor Derek and Stacy in our lives and um, Connect Community Church. So we are so thankful for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, roll the refuge. This is a Refuge Church in Maine. Hello, Connect Community Church family. Pastor Adam and Tanya Harold here. And we wanted to interrupt your experience this morning to send our heartfelt appreciation for your investment in our lives, in the Refuge Church and in the greater Portland area. Because of the love 
and hospitality that we experience every time we walk through the doors of Connect. We were able to extend that same passion and kindness to the 337 people who came through our doors on our launch day this past March. And because of your irrational generosity, you have played a major role in the Refuge Church, averaging 176 people in our worship experiences over our 33-week lifespan. Because of your prayer, we have seen 39 people commit to a relationship with Jesus and have celebrated with 13 people who have went public with their faith through water baptism. Because of your example, we have launched 12 small groups this fall semester and are seeing relationships deepen and people turn the Refuge Church into their home. And Pastor Derek and Stacy, because of your wisdom, your love, your example, your encouragement, and even sometimes your butt whooping, we haven't quit. Not to say that we haven't wanted to, but we won't because we can't. We're proud to call you our pastors and even more so, call you our friends. To all of our family at Connect, thank you, thank you, thank you. We would not be here without you. And we couldn't and wouldn't want to be doing anything All right, else now you can give Jesus a hand. Isn't that cool? Amen. Amen. I tell you what, um, I'll, I'll make sure to post those online because we couldn't show all of them. We have so many uh, that we could share because of what you did. When they say Pastor Derek and Stacey, that, that's you, just so you know, because, because of the health of our church, I'm able to be a face for our church to other churches and be able to invest in them and pour into them. And so, really, that's your reward again. It's just uh, they know me. They, they know you more indirectly, but I'm trying to make that connection so you can see that all that you've done. You know, the church is in some place. Hopefully, Connect is in a place that you just give to. It's a place that you give through. Can I have an amen? Why don't you stand your feet? I want to pray for you. <clears throat> Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you. I'm going to be very brief right now. Father, I, I know, I know, I know, I know that you're working in people's lives. And, w and whenever this subject is talked about, you do something in people's hearts. You just do. There's something about it. It hits a nerve. And those people that are sensitive, not to the finger on the nerve, but to the one who's putting their finger on our situation, to God himself, you can do something amazing. So I pray that we would simply respond to you, God. And that we would see that there's a secret to this life that has rewards. And there's a motivation. It's found in treasure. And the things we have here, we can do something about them. We have this little bit of time, this little bit of opportunity. Would you use it, God? God, I don't have time to do everything that needs to be done, but I pray that you do what my words cannot do, that you draw people to yourself, you draw people back to the local church, and that you, God, just disciple them in a healthy house in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap around the room. God bless you guys. Thank you so much.